0: And I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. I, again, as always, I am so glad that you join me here and are part of the program. Um, we took a break last week from our series, but we're getting back to it uh, today where we've been talking about uh, wor- speaking words that heal and not hurt. And we've looked at uh, several things. Uh, the Bible tells us that words have the power of life and death. Uh, They have the power of doing much good. They also have the power of doing much evil. And God's desire is for us to learn how to control our tongues so that our words bring life. Now, several weeks ago, we looked at the truth about lying. I I hope we all accepted the challenge of living and speaking truthfully. And today, we're going to explore what we might call Malignant talk. Malignant talk. Using our tongues to spread gossip and slander. <clears throat> I want to talk, start with this story. One day, a woman was visiting her friend. And while they were together, uh, the friend's five-year-old son pulled out his kindergarten class picture and or pictures. And he began introducing his classmates. He said, this is Robert. He hits everyone. And this is Stephen. He never listens to the teacher. This is Sally. She is very grumpy. She calls people names. And then the boy pointed to himself and he said, This is me. I'm just sitting there minding my own business. <laughs> Amazing how effortlessly words of gossip and slander escape our lips. It seems funny when it comes from a five-year-old, but it is far from innocent fun when it's an adult, right? We don't want to teach our children that. And, and what is it about gossip and slander that, that's so alluring to us? Remember that TV show, 60 Minutes? They tried to answer that question. They, they sent this news team you know, to report on the uh, remarkable sale of those cheap grocery store tabloids, right? You know, the ones we see there at the the aisle. So they began interviewing people who were purchasing the tabloid up there at the checkout counter. And the reporter asked one buyer, do you really believe what you read in that paper or that magazine? The buyer answered, no, but I like to read it anyway. So I looked it up online. You know, the one uh, National Enquirer looked up some of the things. And here's some of the headlines. You know, Donald Trump's tax returns exposed. How much the candidate is worth and how much the IRS took. Okay. Faith Hill walks out after finding Tim's secret love child. Bill Clinton's love child rocks Hillary campaign. Pop Diva Adele's awesome restaurant meltdown. Awesome, right? Yeah, awesome meltdown. Janet Jackson's ex begs to see secret love child. I mean, come on. How many love love childs are there? All these things. What is it about this stuff that draws people in? I mean, it doesn't draw me in, but it does for others, right? So we're, we're going to try to answer that question in, in just a minute. Um, one frantic mother wrote to the, one, of these, one of those newspapers, you know, where you, the advice columnist, asking what to do about a rumor being spread about her 16-year-old daughter being pregnant. Ugh, that's a terrible rumor. So the mother wondered if maybe she should transfer her daughter to another high school. Uh, The advice given to her was that she should not switch schools. Instead, she should let time prove the rumor to be false. Sounded like good advice? I thought that would be good advice, but sadly... When she didn't show signs of pregnancy, the rumor changed to she had an abortion. Unbelievable, right? Once rumors begin, it is tough, tough to win. Rumors, whether true or false, they're devastating. And for many reasons. One of them is that the rumors are Irretrievable. You know, there's that story of a young man during the Middle Ages. He went and confessed to a monk that you know he'd sinned. He, he had been going around telling slanderous statements about someone, and he went up to this monk asking, "What? What should I do? What, what can I do to, to, to make this right?" And the monk told him, "I want you to go throughout the whole town and put a feather on every doorstep. Once you do that, return to me." when when the task completed. So the the young man did as he was told. He went and found some feathers and went around the whole city placing a feather, just setting it right there at the doorstep of every door in the whole town. Once he was finished, he returned to the monk. The monk said, okay, good job. Now I want you to go back through the whole town and pick up every feather you put at each doorstep. The man stood there for a moment and said, you can't be serious. The monk said, Yes. You put them there, now go get them. And the boy, the man said, well, I, I, I can't. The, even as I was going through, the, the wind was picking up the feathers and blowing them away. Surely they're all gone. And so the monk concluded, so has your slanderous word become impossible to retrieve. Rumors are the vehicle's that turn life into a demolition derby, right? Gossip and slander are the tracks on which they travel. And the tracks of gossip and slander are paid with careless, idle chatter, as well as the malicious, intentional sharing of bad reports. From where does the fuel for this demolition derby come? Malicious speech comes from the central source of all sin, The promotion of self. What draws us to gossip and slander? Well, first, there's that lure of curiosity, right? You know, some look, some of us look uh, for and and listen to news just because of our natural curiosity. Just it's like with all things. You know, Satan can use something that God created for good, like curiosity. And twist it for sinful purposes. If our if our curiosity leads us to seek and, and bear and dismantle harmful uh, disseminate I'm sorry harmful information, then we have misused that natural instinct. Paul describes the problem in First Timothy five thirteen. He's talking about widows who who are aren't busy with anything, and he says at the same time they also learn to be idle. As they go around from house to house, and not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies, talking about things not proper to mention. First Timothy five thirteen. You know what's funny about this is uh, when, when I presented this lesson at North Valley, I did it Sunday morning. That Sunday night, I was sitting with my kids. My my boys uh, are getting older, so we're giving them some more freedoms. And so after bedtime, we let the boys come out. And I, I sit there and we watch a, an episode of the Andy Griffith Show, of all things. Andy Griffith Show. At first, I, when we first started that, I didn't think they would like it. But, man, they loved it. They laughed. They're like 22 minutes long. Boy, they laughed so hard. They love them. And the episode that we, of Andy Griffith that we watched that night was about gossip. It was perfect. Andy Griffith Show. First season. I can't remember which episode. I think it's like number four or five. You should watch that. Good, good show. Good, good moral things to learn there. All right, number number two reason. I got. I digress. We are here's the second reason why we're drawn to gossip and slander. It can be linked to boredom, you know, being idle. Same thing from that passage in First Timothy five. He, he links idleness with gossip and, and busybodies. People who are busy with good work don't have time to sit around and gossip. And so that old saying's true. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Yeah. The third reason we are drawn to gossip and slander can be the desire to be the center of attention. Uh, for some, it, it is a stroke to the ego to be known as the one who's in the know. And some of us feed on that kind of attention of others. And we enjoy having others listen to us intently as we share the most up-to-date, penalizing news. Fourth, the tendency to elevate ourselves over others often uh, stimulates malignant speech. Some people conclude that if they can say something bad about someone else, well, then they can feel better about themselves. Uh, One fellow said, To speak ill of others is a dishonest way of praising ourselves. It is implied that when I speak ill of others... That at least I'm not as bad as they are. Fifth, malignant words of gossip and slander are often spawned by bitterness. Gossip and slander can be tools of revenge as we seek to get even with those who have hurt us. And finally, we may be drawn to gossip and slander as a way to soothe our own anxieties. In other words, misery loves company. Good news about others heightens our anxiety about our own problems. But if we can share bad news about others, hey, it takes the attention off our own problems, right? It sure does. So what are gossip and slander? Maybe we all of us have wondered, you know, at times, am I gossiping and slandering right now as I'm saying this or that or whatever? Or maybe we've wondered should I should I be listening to what this person's saying? Are the things they are sharing with me considered gossip or slander? Maybe you've been there. I think a good measuring stick is to ask ourselves this. Would I be comfortable if this person were to walk in on this conversation? Would the conversation come to a screeching halt as they ask, hey, what are you guys talking about? If we're going to avoid gossip and slander, It's important for us to understand what these things really are. When we are talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. In the most basic understanding, gossip involves simply talking about someone who is not present at the time. It involves sharing information about someone that isn't Appropriate to share. Um, eh, I'm not going to get into that. Slander is the next of kin to gossip. While gossip is often done in the context of, you know, idle, careless chatter, slander, that's the open, intentional sharing of damaging information. Slander is speaking against someone to damage their reputation. Slander is speaking negatively about someone to leave an unfavorable impression. The intent is to undermine that person's reputation and to turn people against them. The Hebrew word for slander literally means to blemish or default, while the Greek word for slander is comprised of two words meaning against And the other one means to speak. So it means to speak against another. Not good. So what does the Bible have to say about gossip and slander? First and foremost, it speaks against it. And we know that. Everyone knows that. Gossip and slander are sinful and should not be part of the life of the one who walks with God. The very first time the Bible uh, uses the word slander where, where it shows up is in Leviticus 19.16, where God tells Moses to tell the people, you shall not go about as a slanderer among your people, and you are not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. This verse brings to mind the picture of a person in my mind, making their their way through the ranks of an already murmuring, unhappy Israelite people wandering around the desert. And as the person goes among the people, he's whispering the latest news of the camp. Don't quote me on this, but I heard Moses may be on his way out. There are other men you know who could lead us just as well as Moses, maybe better. And by the way, did you notice how the Zarell family is always the first group out to gather manna every morning? That's what I see. Does any of that sound familiar? It just keeps pouring out of that person over and over again. But that's exactly what God doesn't want. Don't go about spreading slander among your people. In Romans chapter 1. Paul talks about the wrath of God that will be poured out on the ungodly. He talks about the kinds of sins that characterize those who have abandoned God. Here's what it says in Romans 1, 29-31. This is a list of sins that characterize those who have abandoned God. They are being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. Notice the group that gossip and slanderers are in there with. He puts it right there next to haters of God. These are serious sins. Just as all sin is serious. Man, these are bad. Slander May have been part of our sinful past, but that's where it must stay. In the past. Now last week we, we spent some time, was it last no, a couple weeks ago, we spent some time in Colossians 3, and it contains similar language there in Colossians, Colossians 3, 8 and 10. It says this, Peter or Paul, i sorry, wrote this. But now you also put them all aside: anger, wrath, malice, slander and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. There are, there are many other things the Bible says about gossip and slander, but here are a few examples of other reasons why gossip and slander are also so damaging. Proverbs 11.13 He who goes about as a tale-bearer reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy conceals a matter. Good stuff. Proverbs 20.19 He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets, therefore do not associate with a gossip. Proverbs 26.20 for a lack of wood the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer contention quiets down. Good. Proverbs twenty six twenty two. The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels, and they go down into the innermost parts of the body. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight. A perverse man spreads strife, and a slanderer separates intimate friends. Proverbs ten eighteen. He who conceals hatred has lying lips. And he who spreads slander is a fool. And then here's, I I like this one, Psalm 15, verses 1 to 3. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. So we see that gossip and slander are destructive. But the person who speaks no gossip or slander are righteous and blameless. How do we justify this? When we do gossip and slander, how do we justify this? Well, first, we mistakenly believe that if the information is true, then sharing it is not wrong. Excuse me, I've got to take a drink. The issue is not whether the information is true or false, but whether it is harmful or confidential. We talked about lying before, how that's wrong, and we don't want to be part of spreading false rumors, but neither should we be spreading false true rumors Paul's instructions in Ephesians 4:29 is a great good guy for us let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth but only such a only such a word as is gr- good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to the hearer don't let unwholesome word it doesn't say true or false unwholesome so even if the information is true I have to ask myself, why am I sharing the information? Does it need to be shared at all? Does the person I'm sharing the information with need to know it? Second, we sometimes justify gossip and slander under the disguise of concern for others. We might say, you know, I I hate to say anything about this to you, but I'm concerned about so-and-so, about this or that. Or we might say, let me tell you something about someone you, so you can more precisely pray for them. Or, I'm troubled about that this person. I don't know who else to talk to. Now, certainly there are times when the truth about others must be shared with third parties. But those times should be few and far between. It should come after we have first discussed our concerns with the person. We should get their permission to share their specific prayer needs with others. And if we feel the need to approach someone in leadership about our concern we need to tell the person we are going to do so or ask that they be present when we do. Okay? And we can, and so we can avoid gossip and slander, and there's ways to do that. We need to maintain that humble and accurate view of ourselves. I'm a sinner who is saved by the grace of God. I often fail to live up to God's high standards, and so I have no right to privately look down on others or seek to bring them down. Only God can do that. Second, we need to pray. Like David, we can pray, set a guard over my mouth, O oh Lord, keep watch over the doors of my lips. We can pray about our concerns for others and about approaching people for our concerns and pray about when a matter needs to be brought to, to leadership. So pray, that's very important. Third, we need we need to resolve not to pass gossip and slander. Stop it in its tracks. We all know the saying, if you can't say something good about someone, then don't say anything at all. If someone has confided in us, then we need to do our best to keep private matters private. If we need to criticize someone, then we need to do it to their face with the intent to help. If we keep in mind how we want others to treat us, guess what? then we will know that gossip and slander are out of bounds because we don't want others to gossip and slander about us. And finally, we need to resolve not to listen to gossip and slander. Don't listen to it. Some people like to think that just listening to gossip, that's okay because they're not passing it on. But we need to understand that just listening to gossip, that's wrong also. Proverbs 17:4 again. An evil doer listens to wicked lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. Okay? Don't listen. Write that one down, okay? Proverbs 17:4. Don't listen. And here's here here are some things we might say to someone who is about to pass on some kind of gossip or or, or slander or whatever. You might say, have you talked to this person about these things? Or, or maybe you might say, how do you know what you're about to, uh, to tell me is true? Oh, I know what's true. Okay, can I quote you on this? That could shut them up. It really could. And, and maybe, maybe you're nervous about saying some of those things. You don't want to be confrontational like that. Um, here's some ways to change the subject. Hey, uh, before you go any further... Let me tell you what I like the most about this person or what encouraged me, encourages me the most about this person. You don't have to phrase it like that, but just, hey, you know what, I, I know, yeah, I know yeah, I, I, we went to dinner. He's a great guy and talked about their kids and about their wife and humanized them for them, you know. Or maybe say, I'm really uncomfortable with this conversation. I'd rather that we not talk about someone when they're not present. And if all else fails, just find a way to escape. You know what, I need to get back to work, guys. I need to step away from this. I'm not comfortable with this. Or whatever it might be. Get, o- get away from it. And let, let me remind you what I've already said in the past about that acronym THANK. Um, T, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? If it isn't, don't say it or repeat it. THANK. THANK. Gossip and slander are malignant speech. It spreads like cancer. It destroys like cancer does. If we want to speak life, then we must resolve not to speak gossip and slander. May I pray that this heightens our awareness to these kinds of malignant speech that we can fall into so easily. We we need to ask God to help us remove these bad habits of speech from our mouths. We we just look out there in the world and to, at the news and at the politics. That's all it is nowadays. I mean, we have to wade through mountains of slander and gossip and things aren't that aren't verified. We uh, have this news from an anonymous source. What well, slander is what that is. We. Th- Thank the president, or we thank this group, or we thank that person. Gossip. That's all. We're just surrounded by it. Day in, day out. Turn off the news, folks. Turn it off. Pray to God. And it, it, change starts with you. Change starts with you and me. We change first. It always starts somewhere, and it has to start with us, the Christian. Let us be that light to the world. Don't you think people are just looking for anything positive? Don't you think if they were around a a real Christian, someone who really exemplified the, the life of Christ in themselves, that would taste good? That's what Jesus was talking about when he said to be salt to the world. We make the world taste better. Here's our chance. Here's our chance. It's up to you and me The change starts here. And remember the words of God. Open up Proverbs and salt. It will help help you in your prayer life, help you in the way you talk. And I hope these lessons are, are help, helpful for you. May the Lord bless you, and may you uh, always strengthen yourself every day into the likeness of Christ. Thank you, and take care. Till the sinful world be Son, it out, ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ.